Uh, let's put it at minus 13 and a half. 13 and a half? Hit me. 32 and a half, buddy oh. boy. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. It is myself, Zachary Bader, Sham. I boat on the preview pod with none other than Nate Hobbs. Tom is still uh, in his post-wedding festivities, uh, hopefully having a good time wherever he's at. Nate, how's it feel to be back on the preview pod? Feels great. You know, I was trying out a few different Tom Sterling impressions earlier today, and I just <laughs> wasn't feeling it. So, you know, I guess I'll just start by saying, you know, I love love. So I'm happy to be here and, uh, you know, hope those guys are enjoying a little, a little honeymoon time, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, shout out to those two uh, lovebirds. And there is certainly in the first matchup, we'll get into no love lost as we have the Thanksgiving weekend uh, slate of games, which is kicked off with none other than the Battle of Waterloo. Um, so we have Laurier at Waterloo in this one. Uh, you know, I'd say this weekend, or let me backtrack a little bit. Let's go back to Panda real quickly. Going into that, I've been big on Ottawa all year long. Went into that game saying that Ottawa should win. Would it surprise me if Carlton had pulled the upset, just given all the sort of you know magic in the air? It's Panda, the excitement, the full crowd, all that you know stuff. Wouldn't have you know blown my socks off. But you know, I was I was heavy on Ottawa in that one, as I've been for most of the year. Now this matchup, huge crosstown rivalry game. It's a game that we've seen you know it pretty. Decent back and forth over the years. I don't have the recent record in front of me. I'd say Laurier's favored going into this game. However, it being the Battle of Waterloo is not swaying me one side or the other. This would be a massive, massive upset for the Warriors. Throw home field advantage out the window. Throw battle. I mean, it's Battle of Waterloo. This really isn't home field advantage. Throw all those factors out the window. I mean, Nate, I, I give you all the credit for jumping on. Laurier earlier than frankly I think anyone on our team like do you even like does the roadmap exist in your mind aside from just like everything possibly going wrong for Laurier going wrong hap- to, to to lead to a Waterloo victory in this game like it, it it this seems from what we've seen all year right so I, I'm not trying to be mean like just from what we've seen this is a very good Laurier team and a Waterloo team that has a lot of things to figure out and they're young and they're building yeah and I think you know, if you're on the the Waterloo Warriors side of things, you're kind of thinking, well, you know, look what our offense did last week. You know, we put up 500 yards and, you know, we've looked good a couple different weeks. But it's just anytime you faced, um, let, let's call it top half opposition. So actually, I can't even say Mac is not top half. So let me <laughs> backtrack on that. But let's just say we're backtracking more than a DB right now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, like for me, it, maybe let's just say more, more top half defenses. Cause you know, and I did double check that before the pod. I think Mac is, is fifth in points against, and that is after having played, played Western as well. So um, yeah, I mean, I want to be optimistic about Waterloo's offense and all that, but I just think for me, this is like sort of the same conversation I had in my head going into the Windsor game last week for Laurie. And that was, you know, a team that's done well, but it's like this Laurier defense is not like, you know, a U of T defense or something like that. Like they're like elite, you know, top three, top four unit 
in the league and the quality of athletes and things like that. Obviously, Western, sorry, Waterloo has those great receivers, but, you know, Laurier has those great DBs. You know, I remember always being frustrated playing against Laurier and sort of that match scheme that they like to play. And um, for a young, you know, second year kid in Nolan Caban going in there, uh, I think they're going to have a few things cooked up for him, let's say. And, you know, I feel I feel comfortable saying this is probably a three score game in Laurier's favor. Uh, what about you, Zach? You a little more bullish on the upset or? No. Uh, well, he, <laughs> that, was a, that was an aggressive no. Um you know, no, I, th- I think you, you hit it on the head. Uh, you know, we obviously saw, um, you, know, you, you mentioned Waterloo perhaps thinking what they were able to do against a UFT defense, which, you know, you're bang on is not as stout as Laurier's defense is. Flip side of that coin, uh, we saw what Adam Williams did against that Waterloo defense. And, you know, Adam Williams, I, you know, I've, 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 you know, tried to have been, I think I've been very praiseful of him this season on a whole and obviously for his two breakout performances, but his two most masterful performances are against teams that sort of on the whole get rushed on in both Waterloo and Carlton. And and let's not forget, you know, that was a UFT offense last week that was, you know, I'm just speaking from the numbers, completely inept throwing the football. And, you know, from what we've seen out of Laurier, the weapons they have, Taylor Elgersma, and more specifically kind of, passing in general, but I really like kind of the zone slice game that they play, you know, getting Algersmer on the move a little bit, you know, doing different things. Um, they're not going to be a position where, you know, they're not going to be able to throw the ball. They've always been able to accomplish things in sort of those medium to long down situations. That's not somewhere where they're going to run the trouble. And, you know, Waterloo tried to bring pressure last week, but I just, you know, I think Laurie is going to be prepared for it and kind of the, having a more balanced attack. You know, I just, I, struggle struggle to see the the warriors keeping close unfortunately if you're waterloo is there like can you play the game at all of so waterloo drops a very winnable game against toronto last week fast part probably rewind back to what was it week three week four week three where laurier beats uft in toronto 25 20 which, you know, when we kind of do this whole backwards prognosticating thing of that's one of those games that kind of stands up being like, huh, that game seems a little weird now that we look back on it. But nonetheless, if you're Waterloo, can I wonder if you can draw things from saying, well, we had success against Toronto. What did Toronto do to have success against UFT or, is, or against Laurier? Or is that just, you know, is that just overcomplicating it altogether? I mean, there are... <laughs> That's the whole thing is, you know, every team, every single week is is going to draw up things in theory and what should work in theory, right? But, you know, I think at the end of that, and even that, that game, you know, going back against Toronto was on the verge of getting out of hand before, you know, Toronto kind of stormed back a bit. Um, you know, if those two teams play today, I want to say I think the score might be a bit different uh, considering the direction those two teams have been trending. I mean... You want to play that game. Let's look at how those two teams played against Windsor. You know what I mean? (laughs) With Toronto losing by 30 points, Laurier winning by 30 some odd points. So crazy discrepancies across the league in general. Obviously, like there's there's a matchup um, part to that equation as well. And, you know, looking looking outside the theory in that one, I just think, you know, like we said, it's almost like Laurier has the, the perfect puzzle to kind of, you know, take apart Waterloo with the 
the running game against the weak run defense and the defense against the young quarterback. So, yeah, so it's it's not looking great for Waterloo from the outside looking in. Once again, if, if I didn't say it off the jump, of course, with this being the Thanksgiving weekend, this game is on Thursday. Um, you'll be hearing Nate and I on Wednesday fifth with this preview pod so this is on thursday october 6th battle of waterloo um you know no doubt though uh you know tune in wherever you're you're tuning in from if you're in the area if such a ticket exists to still grab by the time you're hearing me say this grab it just because uh you know having gone to a number of games in that area regardless of whether one team was better than the other or, you know, they were even or whatever, uh, you know, that's an area that loves football and the community really comes out and supports it. So uh, no doubt, um, no doubt it's going to be a great event, even if the game goes a little sideways as, uh, as Nate and I seem to be uh, leaning towards. Um, So let's move into Friday's uh, slate of games. We have three night games and we'll start with the six o'clock game. The Battle of Highway 6, as uh, Guelph Social Media has, no, I won't say dubbed it, I think you know that term's been around for a bit, but it's the McMaster Marauders uh, traveling down Highway 6 to take on the Guelph Griffins. Guelph, um, you know, despite being on the bye week last week, wasn't able to uh, seemingly escape a few strays from you and I doing the review pod. Mac in a very... I mean... I, a lackluster performance at home against Western, you know, uh, obviously we've seen Western put some beatdowns on a few teams now this season and by larger magnitudes, but for a team in Mac that, I mean, the record is one in four, but we know that part of that was due to the forfeiting game and everything like that, you know, going, you know, we were breaking that game down. It's like, I don't know what to say about this one. That was a little, like it was very nondescript, but maybe that's just us becoming numb to Western doing Western things to all these teams. Guelph, on the other hand, um, you know, their last action in, you know, in o- in the OUA going back to the Queens game, before that, the Ottawa game, and before that, uh, a win at Waterloo by the skin of the, their teeth, um, you know, has been, man, oh man, I mean, there's a lot of things we can say about it, but number one has been a defense that has just been getting beat up on. Um you know, this is a big rivalry matchup. These teams play each other very close. It seems to be oftentimes the, you know, hey, who's got the home field advantage? It's usually going to go their way. Um, but two teams where I'd say Mac falls under our, you know, big old question mark team. Guelph seems like we're, we yeah, a little more solid on our opinions of them, which is overall not so hot. Mac at Guelph. I'm done kind of rambling on that. Nate, you were you were looking at some things with this. I know you were you know you you were really diving into the analytics. You were getting your money ball on uh what did you know what did when it was all said and done, what was the what are the big takeaways going to this game for you? Well, you know, as a man of science um <laughs> and rigorous academic standards, Zach, uh <laughs> I'm kidding. I think what stands out for me First and foremost is in in my mind this is a playoff game, um, you know what I mean. And you know as much as you want to, you know how you just kind of dismantled these teams a little bit. It's like these two teams are playing a you know theoretically a playoff game. Like okay, sick, you know what I mean. But I think that adds some interest to it. Um, you know, Max still has at Queens on the schedule, so I'm going to give him an L there. Guelph still has at Laurie on the schedule. I'm going to give him an L there. I think if both teams have playoff hopes, which I imagine 
you know, if you're in any locker room uh, as an OUA player, uh, if you're alive, you know, you're going to talk yourself into getting in in some way, somehow. Um, so for me, that's where the intrigue lies. Um, granted, what will actually happen in the game? I think, you know, again, and I was searching so hard to find an angle for those Guelph Griffins. Um, but, you know, going through the numbers, it just it remains to be seen. I don't see it. Um, you know, and it just for me, it comes down to the defenses in this game. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, I don't want to hark back on on past matchups all the same, but you look at how these two teams played against Waterloo, right? I mean, Guelph ending up giving, you know, what was it, 30 some odd points up to Waterloo and Max shutting them out completely. You know, that's a pretty big discrepancy. Um, and looking at kind of what this Guelph offense has shown throughout the year, some flashes, some potential. They can't run the ball, which kind of sucks, but, you know, they should be able to throw the ball at least a decent bit. So um, I feel a bit more confident there than, let's say, in Guelph's offense, which I've only really seen succeed against Waterloo, which means absolutely nothing to me at this point in the season. So it comes down to, you know, the only angle I could really find is, you know, if Guelph really somehow got things together during their bye week and figured some stuff out, but I don't think I really see that happening. Um, so, I mean, as hard as I tried, I, you know, I ended up siding with Mac in this one, Zach, but um, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a close one and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Guelph, Guelph some game back, uh, some, some respect in the league, let's say. Yeah. And you know, like neither of these teams have really run the ball all that effectively. Guelph, I mean, Isaiah Stewart, really nice, uh, rookie campaign for him we look at some of the games where he's really stood out it's that that Windsor game where it was you know him going up against Joey Zorn um seemingly just blow for blow Zorn getting the better of of him and and the Griffins in that matchup and then as well harkening back to that Waterloo game as well where he had some good production and he's been effective in other um in other capacities as well Mac I mean they've really been throwing like there's games where I swear they have you know, six different guys carrying the ball. I think it was last week that I was kind of poking fun of the fact that Keegan Hall was their leading rusher, yeah. which is six, just six different guys all getting uh, like 10 yards and under. Yeah. Each. No, no, 100%. And so, like, when I think about that, it's just, it's, 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 it's a screams inconsistency from two teams that, you know, though, you know, in the Guelph case, like, you know, sort of a different regime change from sort of that, that 2010s uh, teams predominantly um, in Max case, you know, it's still coach P there, but, te- but teams on the whole that for the last decade plus have been, you know, relatively at least about 2010s were consistent. So when I look in that angle of consistency, it, you know, I, I do think about what Max been able to do defensively this year. You highlight, you highlighted obviously the Waterloo game, which, you know, n- not going to make a mountain out of a molehill in that one with them pitching the shutout, but just on the whole in this year, you know, they're only giving up 18.4 points per game. They're pretty effective in their run game. So when you add that into a team in Guelph who has been um, ineffective already in running the ball consistently, that's troublesome. And then just lastly, on the flip side, Guelph, as far as their ability to slow down rushers, is sitting right at the bottom of the league. And I know I got into a bit of trouble with that when it came to the water, pardon me, the um, the Carlton Windsor matchup. But you know, if you know if Mac was to have something akin to a breakout game, you'd think it might be against a team that's currently sitting, um, you know, at the bottom of the barrel in rush yards per game defensively. And I think you know whether or not they run the ball 
well, you know, they should be able to get some decent production um, from Duick and those guys in this one. But I think, you know, and kind of we've struggled so much to kind of find something to hang our hat on for this Mac team. But I mean, you go back and, and some, something I forgot about was how about that Ottawa game and sort of as we've seen this Ottawa team develop, you know, they've become, you know, top 10 team in the nation six right now. And that was a one score game down to the wire against Mac. So, you know, definitely have hung in with, you know, a big dog um, in the conference this year, you know, obviously, uh, I remember too well what happened to Guelph against Ottawa, um, you know, getting rolled over in the nation's capital there. Um, so to me, it rings, you know, two teams in, I guess, a similar spot. But there's definitely been <laughs> not a maybe not a ton still, but definitely more to feel confident about on the Mac side of things than, let's say, the Guelph side of things. Yeah. And, and last thing I'll say, and if. I uh, haven't made it clear. I sure haven't said it outright. I, you know, I, I'm going to take Mac on the road as well. There's a, a slim chance I might make an appearance at this game, but I'm not going to make a um, as bold a proclamation on that as I will in saying that I'm taking Mac to win it. But as far as consistency, and you, you sort of um, gestured towards this. You know, Duick still top of the leaderboards in yards per game throwing it. He's, you know... We, you know, if you were to rank quarterbacks, and maybe we can save that exercise for another week, um, you know, he's he's probably in your top five, you know, uh, and, and just that consistency and that that moxie, if you will. And then on the flip side, it's been anything but consistency from the Guelph quarterback room. No shot at any of those individuals, but just we just literally have not seen consistency with them. I mean, it seems like they settled into Jake Helfrich, but then all of a sudden it seems like, hey, it's Sean Law again, you know? So it's just, it's it's so many question marks with that aspect as well. So uh, yeah, Mac on the road. Anything left for you on this one? Uh, you know, I think in general, I mean, coming down the stretch for Guelph, seeing what they do with their quarterbacks will be come even more interesting. Um, you know, if it gets to a point where they're looking into the future, right. Um, Cause obviously you had a kid from the States who came in um, who was looking for somewhere to play. You know, I would guess that Guelph was not his absolute, you know, what he was thinking when he entered the transfer portal from South Carolina. Um, so with things the way they are, I, I've, you know, this is just me guessing with no substance, but I, I just wonder, you know, if he, he would be in it for the long haul kind of deal. Cause I mean, you know, we've seen American guys come in and it doesn't, it doesn't always happen in the long term. but let me finish with, uh, I want to ask you a question, Zach, mm-hmm. the lines came out today. Ooh. What do you think the line was in this one? Are, Nate, are, are we, <laughs> are we playing guess the, Oh my goodness. This is amazing. I, you know, you know, our shared love for Bill Simmons and cousin Sal. What's the line on this one? Mac on the road. I'm going to say Mac minus six and a half. Minus 10 and a half at the moment. So (laughs) you're feeling, if you're feeling a little, a little uh, more bullish on a home dog, then, uh, you know, Ooh. you might want to take a look at that one uh, on the old betting websites that have it available. That's I thank you so much for like allowing me to perform that exercise <laughs> right there. That was amazing. Um, last thing I, I will have, just I say have one more for you at the end. Oh, so. oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, this is my days just 
Oh, this is amazing. Last thing I'll say, because we did bring up Sean Law, um, you know, there is, you know, you talked about ranking quarterbacks. Um, We'll have to come up with a ranking for like absolute must follows on Twitter and just social media in general, um, because when uh, we had posted our final score tweet from the Queens-York game, with, of course, Queens winning 61-2. And I think the opening tweet had some type of a question, just, you know, oh, what, you know, what's going to happen type thing. Um, Sanjeev Lal, uh, with an, you know, from the absolute top ropes, uh, dropping a, that answer, that question response <laughs> to the final score on that one. Um, just, you know, all over the place. The Lal's, a big fan of the Lal's, uh, on the field, off the field. And, and yeah, so... Keep doing your thing, Sanjeev. Love the content. Um, let's move into our other two Saturday night, pardon me, Friday night affairs, both happening from the big smoke. Um, first up, we'll go with the Western Mustangs rolling into Varsity Stadium. Will they be taking on the UFT Blues, which uh, Nate will cowardly be forfeiting his. Uh, not, his... We're not. I'm, we can't confirm that at the oh, moment. That's oh, my percent yet. OK. All right. So Nate may become an official season ticket holder for Varsity Stadium this year. Um, well, yeah. So Western UFT. Um. Okay, but firstly, what from our last conversation, which seemed to have you not, you know, or pretty solidly not going to be making the appearance, is anything like in particular swayed or did the social calendar just dry up on you and you're now just, hey, I might as well go see Western drop 60 maybe on U of T? It's a developing situation, Zach. You know, there are a number of different factors in play. All of which you mentioned uh, coming come into effect. So make of that what you will. All right. Well, oh, so we have Western coming off their big win against Mac, off of their bigger win against Waterloo and the bye, and then the beautiful you know game against Queens the, the the Saturday night, and it was really after that one where it seemed like they just started you know, dropping these these massive. Uh, you know, victories on, on people. U of T, of course, um, that, you know, s- escaping Waterloo by the skin of their teeth. Uh, interception, not a pick six, mind you, if you were catching our uh, our Instagram uh, players of the week um, to sort of finish off that game. But an interception, nonetheless, uh, by the Blues on defense to close off that game. Um, man, you know, pff, I, I don't know. I These are the ones that... Uh, <laughs> You, as as OUA uh, commentators, you sometimes really struggle to find something of note. Uh, can you help me out here, brother? This is a this is a rare matchup. You know, it's a, <laughs> we don't we don't see you know Western coming down and playing the the Yorks and Torontos of the world very often. You know, I don't I don't have that stat for you on the top of my head, but I'm sure it's been a while. It's been a while for sure. Um, and, you know, just the sight of kind of Western and Toronto under the lights in the city, you know, it's a, I don't know if it's an old four or whatever. These are two classic programs, you know what I mean? So it's it's a nice to see the, the jerseys come together and it'll look pretty under the lights. Um, and, you know, my only, my only thought of, of kind of what's, you know, is if, if Kinsale Phillip can, can channel his inner Trey Ford, and oh. some some of those, you know, you remember those Western Waterloo games over the years that with the a couple scores in the 40s for each team. Um, but given how sort of that Blues passing game has looked in the past few weeks, 
Uh, I'm not, I'm definitely not too bullish on that happening. Um, you know, Western, obviously a very veteran second secondary there, um, you know, on top of obviously an impressive front and everything else. So, um, and a, a Toronto defense that, you know, just, just saying what the numbers are, let up 500 yards to that Waterloo offense last week. So, um, Western certainly an upgrade in my books, at least. Um, so yeah, jury's still out if that's truly an upgrade, but in Nate Hobbs's <laughs> books, yes, we're going with an upgrade. And as far as, you know, uh, the Kinsel felt pulling a, a Trey Ford, uh, uh, out the hat um, and, and this, those hearkening back to those 40, you know, scores in the 40s. I mean, it's a U of T team that's averaging 25 points. So that would really be something um, beyond incredible to see happen. But, you know, you sold me. Um, not that I can make it into the city for this one. But, yeah, I'm actually pretty stoked. Under the, I can picture already, already under the lights, those two jerseys. Oh, my gosh. I wish I had enough faith in Toronto. Uh, let me let me say that again. Toronto. I'm going to be pronouncing all those T's. Yeah, <laughs> um, in Toronto sports fans um, to recognize that you're, you're bang on, you know, Western getting those first place schedules um, over the years doesn't often make an appearance in in the in the big smoke um, and that, you know, folks would, would come out and, and check out this, you know, the best football program in all of Canada, not anticipating that. Of course, UFT does have a big um uh, like alumni following as well, so they might be able to get a decent crowd there from you know the the, the old timers. Yeah, the the last that. night game, granted, it was Frost Week, obviously, and this is the Friday of Thanksgiving, so you know probably won't be too many students at this one, I imagine. But yeah, nonetheless, you know it's it's a night game. I I don't know how many how many people are uh, gonna go out for the U of T for sorry the Toronto nightlife uh, on Thanksgiving weekend, but. You know, it'll it'll be a spectacle nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and it's like this is, I don't know, just kind of a, a bit of a point where, where U of T's at, unfortunately, that, you know, I think about kind of if this game was coming off of like U of T's loss against Laurier, for example, you know, a scenario where I'd probably be like much more excited. But uh, given kind of what we saw last week from Toronto and, and the Windsor game and you know, it's been a rough couple of weeks for them and kind of, I think being back home should be a big lift. You know, they usually pay better at home, but I mean, nonetheless, um, it's just, it's Western, Western is Western and they do what Western does is, is, so. is this the other game that you have the line for me or, or is that for, oh, I've lines for all the games if you want, but well, take, a, the, take a stab, uh, minus 42. Wow. It opened at 40 and a half. So pretty oh, darn good, Zachary. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Nathaniel. Um, it's all right. It's Western in this game. Need we say more? No. Okay. Let's move into the the final game of the weekend. Short week for y'all um, to keep your Thanksgivings uh, nice and uh, nice and free to go be with your, your your family or your people, whomever those might be, if you are so inclined to do so. And it is the Windsor Lancers coming off a very tough loss at home, um, taking on the York Lions coming off. I mean, I don't know. I guess a tough loss uh, at Queens. I mean, it was sixty one to two, but I mean. Well, yeah. I, I quote, I will give I'll quote the, the Queens broadcasters and say that the York defense actually played really well. And I will quote 
Nate Hobbs from Sunday night when we record our review pod in the York Lions defense shut down Anthony Souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so all right, let's break in break down this one because I mean, this one has some intrigue uh, as far as like you know that defense has been very interesting in in many regards. It seems like they're. Uh, you know, throw throw everything you can at the other teams. You know, okay, it takes maybe a quarter and a bit, maybe a half. Get the ball rolling. Second half, team normally figures it out. They get their you know what's in gear, and the outcomes become what the outcomes have been. But this is now a Windsor team that's you know, despite starting off as a bit of the OUA darling, if you will. You know, we talked about that forty nine to eleven loss at home against Windsor. Losing twenty four to seven against a Carlton team that's been, you know, I don't know. Um, and then that big win against Toronto, which once again is now a, a a game that I don't really know what to make of that either. You know, um, of course they had the Guelph win as well, which was impressive. But you know, I don't know. This is a York team. What that- was impressive at the time? <laughs> now I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, obviously. Joey Zorn's been, you know, still at the top of the rushing leaders, I believe. The quarterback question is, you know, a, a question now. We've seen now a, a week and change with it, uh, with Danny Skelton going down. Um, but for York, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any reason to think that despite some of the bumps that we've seen from Windsor in recent weeks that they've shown enough to, I mean... To yeah, to win a game, right? I, I don't know. Like, is is what is the intrigue in this one for you? I mean, I, I'm excited when you drop the when you when it's time for the line on this one. But uh, what do you well, think of this? Let we'll, we'll save save the line for for the yeah. end of my my spiel here. But um, you know, it, it's York. It's at night. You know, remember that game from a few years ago where Waterloo went to York. And lost in a night game. That was a weird game a few years ago. Now this York team is probably a bit worse than uh, the one with the Hunchaks and uh, yeah. Kalanick and uh, all those other guys that, or at least there might be one or two that are in the league now. And but nonetheless, Luther uh, Hakuna Van Hu in the exactly. league. Yeah, a couple yeah. guys on defense. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, I think for me, I mean, like. That performance against Queens last week for York, and it was good against Anthony Souls. And that's what makes it interesting for me is can York kind of replicate that against Joey Zorn? Now, the weird thing about that was the York the Queens backup running backs had amazing games against York. So that kind of like put put that performance back to to par, and that's why it ended up being a 60-point game. Um, but if York's able to have similar success against Joey Zorn, then I think this could actually be a pretty close game. Um, and for me, it comes down to a couple things. And that's just speaking from the numbers from the Windsor quarterbacks, 30% completion percentage last week, not very good. You know, a York defense that is going to bring pressure. You know, they're going to try and complicate things for you. These are not experienced quarterbacks. They may be prone to making mistakes. Even if it's Danny Skelton behind center, you know what I mean? I don't know. It could happen. And I think for me, I think this one stays close. And close is, I think York covers this game. Mm. So let's, uh, 
let's hear what you got, Zach. I, I feel like I gave you some time there to think about it a bit. Yeah. Well, I, well, I will say, despite York being able to get after the quarterback, I mean, they're still giving up 240 that, that, yards. That's also passing. the key to the equation is how many special teams bad snaps are there going to be for York? I wish there was a line for that. That would be <laughs> interesting. Those are the lines that uh, we and we alone get to set. Um, okay, so it's so right, Windsor, Windsor, despite their. Uh, they're warts of late. They are the better team. They should pick up this win. The line. Uh, let's put it at minus 13 and a half. 13 and a half? Hit me. 32 and a half. Oh, okay. That is. All right. Well, all right. Then I'd. I'm I'm in agreement with you that I think, you know, take the home dog, I'd say, to cover that. I'd, you know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant, you know, because I forget what the line was last week in the Queens game, but I don't, I don't think York had had a they hadn't lost by less than thirty points. So this is right in that kind of can they outperform every other performance they had this year? Can they outperform <laughs> all their other underperformances? <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. So I just think. This Windsor team's in a really weird spot, and I think, you know, for, it really comes down to how many times are you going to screw up for York, and if you can kind of slow down that running a bit, because I don't think Windsor's going to be able to throw the ball, and that all shouts for the under, barring the whole turnover piece. Mm. So I think this one, you know, for really what, you know, I would consider to be a nothing game and I not care about it at all, not have much to say. I think it'll be a bit more interesting than that. No, I yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with with that, and I'm just kind of uh, got distracted for a second, kind of looking at the standings because there's because right now Windsor's sitting in that final spot, and as we already mentioned, you know that Mac, as we mentioned a number of times that Mac UFT game is going to be fairly interesting. I mean, UFT sitting at three and three, make that three and four. Worst case scenario for them, you know, three and five, okay. So maybe that's a Mac team coming in at then, also at three and four, give them the head to head. Whatever, whatever other, whatever other weird machinations we have to play out. If there's other teams with that three and five record, but I think I think you know Waterloo is another one that could be a three and five, but they would also head to head against Toronto and Mac. I think they'd be pretty out of the equation immediately. Yeah, I, I think so. And them finishing with that record involves okay. So that you know what, actually looking at the schedule, and I think you've brought this up as well. That Toronto Mac game, interesting for schedule implications. Waterloo Windsor last week of the season, um, that's also going to be huge. So I, I'm not going to try and crane my neck too much more looking at the schedule. But nonetheless, I mean for Windsor. Yeah, I guess I undersold the uh, the line on that one, though I do agree this could stay close for perhaps longer than some people might anticipate. But, you know, if there, at this time of the season, I mean, regardless of whether we think they can make a playoff run, I mean, as it stands right now, they'd be first game on the road against Queens. So, I mean, you know, right. But... You know, if you think you deserve one of those top spots to make a, to have a playoff game, regardless of who it's up against, like you just just don't lose this game. Just 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 don't lose to York. It's that simple. Don't do it. Um, 
So uh, let's see which of these teams can bounce back off of uh, less than stellar performances uh, in week six. So that's the wrap on or any last words from you, Nate, for for that game? <laughs> um, I think I think I said probably way more than had to. Yeah, no, <laughs> I yeah, it's yeah. uh yeah. Um all right, so that's the wrap uh from Nate and myself. So once again, you'll be hearing this on Wednesday if you are an absolute keener and getting the notifications when the episodes are coming out. And our first game of course is Battle of Waterloo on Thursday and then those three games uh Western at Toronto or probably Mac at Guelph, Western at Toronto, Windsor at York all on Friday night. Have a lovely Thanksgiving, whatever you're getting up to. If you can get out to some of these games, like we were saying, despite perhaps them not all being the most uh, interesting as games as far as what we might think will happen on the scoreboard, uh, a lot of interesting rivalries. Night games are always fun to go at. I, I love that you brought up the whole Western in Toronto aspect under the lights. I'm just, I, that's just, I love it. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of things to keep in mind as we watch these games for playoff implications. So uh, next time you'll be hearing from this joint venture, it will once again be Nate and I breaking down these games. Uh, we'll figure out what time works best to put out that pod, maybe for the sake of consistency. Um, we will just continue with our Monday release, so that'll be a few days following the last games here. Um, so just stay tuned for all updates on that, and we'll talk to you whenever that is at the 55.